You know how when your morning just doesn't necessarily go right? Um, Anne got up this morning early and got ready for church, and then right before she left to get into Courtney's car, uh, she got sick. Uh, she's been fighting a really bad cold, but uh, she got stomach sick this morning, so she's in bed. I started kind of catching her cold last night, which I refused to take on, and so, um, but, uh, so it's been a little discombobulated this morning, but that's all right. God's grace is still sufficient, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so we've been talking about hope and joy and peace and this morning I want to talk about love. And the fun thing about this message is, is that actually I stole it from Callie, my middle daughter. Uh, Callie spoke downtown about two weeks ago, and we went in and listened to her. And I was amazed at what she brought. The word that she brought was incredible. And I was like, you know what? I need to hear it again, so I'm just going to take that and, 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 and uh, preach it down here. And I've obviously put my little twist on it, but it's kind of fun to see your daughter uh, for the first time that she's ever done that and to speak and to bring God's word and see God use her. Um, that was really, really incredible. Um, all right, so love is really important to us as, as Christians, right? Um, John thirteen fifteen tells us that love is how people know that we belong to God. They will know us by our love. If we don't have love, how are they going to see us different than the world? Um, The verse before that uh, commands us. It's not a suggestion. It says, I command you to love one another just as he has loved us. John 15, 12 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. If God is commanding us to love each other and he's, he's commanding us to love how he loved us, we need to understand how to carry out that command. And, and love comes in all kinds of forms. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about true love, God's love. And how do we love others as Jesus loved? That's the important thing, is how do we love others how Jesus loved? Again, like joy, peace, and hope, love is in our DNA. So kids, you were born from your mom and your dad, Right? So you look a little bit like your mom and dad, right? And you kind of, no, (laughs) some of you do. I've seen pictures on Facebook of Libby and Jackie, and they look just the same. So you have characteristics of your mom and dad. You have their DNA. You kind of talk like them a little bit. You walk like them a little bit. You blow that goose call like them a little bit. Yeah. And so, but that's just like we are as Christians. Because the the word says that if we are a follower of Christ, we're born a new creation. And that we are in God. So it says that that the Lord, if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says that we are his children. We are his child. So love is in our DNA. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 tells us that our Father... Um, who we are a child of, is love. So God is love. Um, It says, Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. 
does not and never did know him. For God is love. He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. So if his love is in our DNA and we are commanded to love one another, then how do we love like Jesus did? Jesus had a way of loving people that changed them. He loved them to... to and oftentimes it was just a, a quick... Um, encounter with them but it would it would incur it would prompt them to change so kids do you know the story of Zacchaeus can you sing that song with me Zacchaeus was a little little man was he he climbed up in a sycamore tree for Lord he wanted to see see you guys know it but let me set the let me set a little bit of history for the adults because they may not know it as well as you guys do so Zacchaeus was uh, a tax collector. So Rome was the governing body uh, of, of that time, and if you were a citizen of Rome, you had to pay taxes. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and oftentimes tax collectors weren't liked because they charged more than what was actually needed to be charged. And then they would keep that for themselves. So they were kind of crooks, it's like the, at least what they were looked at as being crooked. Um, so let's read in Luke 19, verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, a superintendent to whom others reported, and he was rich. Okay, let's just stop there. First of all, he was rich, so he probably did take a little extra, didn't he? <laughs> all right. And he was the chief tax collector. So he was kind of like the boss of all the other tax collectors of that region. All right, so he was kind of probably looked at even worse than just a normal tax collector. Let's keep reading. It says, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but he could not see because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran on ahead of the crowd and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and welcomed Jesus with joy. When the people saw it, they all began to mutter in discontent. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a notorious sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, See, Lord, I am now giving half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will give back four times as much. Zacchaeus changed after Jesus simply told him he wanted to come over for dinner. How'd that happen? I mean, if I say, hey, Eric, I'm coming to your house for dinner tonight. Eric's like, yeah, Eric's probably not going to change. Eric's going to be like, really? I got to feed you? (laughs) But you know what? Jesus treated Zacchaeus who he was created to be, not what he was doing at that moment in time. He knew Zacchaeus was a generous man. That deep down, God had made him as a generous person. So he treated Zacchaeus as that, that generous person. He didn't treat Zacchaeus as the tax collector crook that everybody else saw him as. He treated him like he was a generous person. Even before he was a generous person. I mean, there was no way that Jesus would have said, I'm going to your house today, if he didn't know that Zacchaeus was generous. So he saw him as a finished work of God, 
as a generous person. I think that's the key. We very often, we love people where they're at. And we love them in spite of what they're doing. But Jesus loves people who they're created to be as a finished work in God. Did that make sense? I mean, we see people and we love them and we're like, oh yeah, I, I can love you through all your faults and I can kind of overlook them and I can, and we treat them kind of, we love them like where they're at, but Jesus loved them who they were, created to be at their DNA level. Not necessarily what they were doing right then and there, but who they were created to be. So, another example of that is the woman at the well. So Samaria, Jews weren't even supposed to go into Samaria because Samarians were people that were Jewish that had married um, outside of the Jewish faith. And so they were just looked at as dogs. All right, So they normally went around Samaria, completely around Samaria. But Jesus went through Samaria and then he stops at a well and he starts talking to the lady at the well. Now, he wasn't even supposed to be in Samaria. Second of all, a Jewish man doesn't talk to a Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman obviously had a pretty soiled past. But Jesus treated the Samaritan woman who she was, inside who God had created her to be. And that was an influencer. Let's read John uh, uh, 4, 39-42. says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So the Samaritans came to him. They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Jesus looked at her as who she was. She was a special possession of God, and she was an influencer in that, in that city. Now she was hiding what she was doing right then and there was not necessarily an influencer. But when Jesus looked at her and treated her as an influencer, then she changed and she became that. Kids, we're called to love people to change. Love who they were created to be. Love them not for what they're right now, but who they are and who they are at their core. We love them for who God created them to be. So that bully on the playground, it's tough to love, isn't it? He's tough to love, that person that, that I, I wasn't going to say this, but in junior high, I was kind of a geek, a nerd, and I got picked on a lot in junior high. Seventh and eighth and ninth grade was a rough, was rough three years for me, and I got picked on a lot. And those people were hard to love because they bullied a lot. But you know what? That bully really probably by God is created to be a leader and to created to be a protector. They just don't know it yet. They just haven't grasped what they were created to be. So we need to love them for who they are. Love them to, for that, that leadership quality that they have in. Now, obviously, they may not be doing the right things right now, but we need to love them like God looks at them and has who God's created them to be. I don't know if you guys saw the movie, same kind of different as me, but it's a movie about uh, a black man who lives in Dallas, and he's homeless. And the lady in the story is given a dream by God about this, this man who's going to 
totally change the city of Dallas. Well, the next day she's at a soup kitchen and this guy comes in and he's got a bat and he's angry and he's smashing stuff and he's yelling and he's screaming. People are getting away from him. I mean, he's just a really bad man, really bad. But this lady starts loving him for who she saw in that, in that dream, an influencer, somebody who had influence and somebody who loved and it was hard. It took her a long time, her and her husband, to get through that exterior shell of this hardness. But eventually, eventually, Denver was the guy's name. Denver started fill, stepping into that role that God had for him. And, and he changed that city. He raised money. Um, there was just a lot in that story. If you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie. Um, I'm not recommending it for kids. I don't remember where it falls on that, on that record there. But, but, um, but it, it was a, a prime example of somebody loving somebody for who they were created to be, not for who they were being right then and there. And that's similar. Jesus loved Zacchaeus, who he really was. He was a generous man. He loved the lady at the well as an influencer. So how do we do that? How do we love people who they are created to be and not who they are being or what they were doing what they're doing right at the same at this moment. I believe there are two steps. First of all, we have to stop and get God's perspective on who they are. Yeah. Who are they really created to be? And second of all, we need to get to the place where we begin to see them that way. Um, in order for God's perspective on who they are, um, who they are created to be, it starts in prayer. Going to God in prayer, taking the time to ask God, who did you create that person to be? Who, who do you see them as that, at, at that? And then sometimes I think we can, you know, Jesus did that in a moment, in an instant. You know, he saw that person and he can see him. A lot of times for me, it's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take some prayer time to ask God, God, who do you see them as? What is their God-given role? Who are they supposed to be? What are they supposed to be? Who, that special possession. You call them a special possession. Who are they? Um, we also have to get to a place where we see them as God created them. Where we no longer see them what they're currently doing, or, or, but we need to see them who they were designed to be. And how, again, that's more prayer. We have to pray. We have to get in. We have to ask God. We need to pray over them again and again until we get, begin to believe who God is showing us that they are. Because again, that bully on the playground, that, that person that's hard to love, it's hard for us to see them as God sees them, isn't it? It really is. But God can change our perspective. Loving like Jesus Love takes finding out who God has created that person to be, and it takes time spent in prayer. Asking God who he's created them to be. Then we, when we've come to the place where we can see that person that way, we have to come to the place that when we're around them, we don't see them, what they're, what they're currently doing or who they currently are, but who God showed us. And again, we, can do that. we need to do that for every person, for our moms or dads, for for people that we know, for, for kids that are around us, for people that we're around daily, for, for our boss, for fellow employees. We need to do that 
um, for people that we even don't know. But we need to do that for the people in this community right here. Right here. This community. Because if we, we need to spend time in prayer talking to God about the, and praying for the people in this family. Who did you design them to be? Who did you design them to be? If we'll commit to loving each other like that, this church will change and this valley will change. It'll explode. This church will be way too, it'll be way too small like that in an instant because people are looking for that love. They're not looking for judgment. They're looking for love. They're looking for that love that has faith in them, that has confidence in them, that, that even though they're, I mean, I fail all the time and we struggle all the time, but you know what? If somebody sees me as who God's created me to be, then that makes me strive even more to be who God's created me, me to be. Being a family member of Revived Church is more about uh, more than just being nice to people. We are called to love people to change. Love people for who they were created to be. When we do that, people are compelled to change. When we love people for who they are created to be, it stirs people to become better than them. It stirs them towards their God-given potential. It helps release people to become who God is calling them to be. So I challenge you this week to pick one person that's tough to love. I've picked Buck. and then, No, just kidding. Pick one person that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's hard to love and start praying for them. Start asking God who you designed them to be. Who did you create them to be? That characteristic that you don't like in them because they're bully or they're bossy or whatever, that might be a, a trait. It probably is a trait that God put in them. They just don't know how to use it right. They're just not stepping into that God-given ability right now. Be praying for that person and then start seeing them as that person. And then find somebody that's in your family that you already do love, that's easy to love, and ask God, you know what, am I seeing them for what you made them? Help me see them even more than how I... Help me to love them even more than I love them right now. Help me to see them who you see them. See them through your eyes. That's what's so important is us to see people through the eyes of Jesus. And then I challenge you to be let, to, for us to be a community that truly loves people. You need to love them not for who they are being, but for, and not for what they're doing, but who they were created to be. That's the most important thing is that we start loving like Jesus loved. Jesus saw Zacchaeus and he knew he was a generous man, even though everybody looked at him as a crook. He looked at the woman at the well, and everybody saw a harlot, somebody that just was, had several husbands and, and wasn't doing the right thing and wasn't living for the Lord. But you know what? He saw her as an influencer, somebody who could change her city. And so let's love people like Jesus loved people. It stirs them to change. We see their God-given potential, and, then, and it compels them to change. So... I just challenge you to do that in the season of Christmas. Christmas is a great time to love people, great time to see people who God made them.